0: It is. its it awesome. Oh, God. Michael Schumacher hits David Coulthard and he's out. George Russell is the Formula 2 champion. Oh. Welcome to The Monkey Seat, the podcast that doesn't agree with laws of space and time. My name is Tom, and I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. And I'm Carl from the past, recording this on Sunday evening, after a race that I bet some wish was in the past. We are a fully independent podcast hosted by two opinionated friends who like to put the world to rights. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms by searching from The Monkey Seat Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can leave us a five-star review or pay for a support tier on monkeyseatpod.com.
1: You can also follow us on all socials, Monkey Seat Pod, or visit our YouTube channel to see us all cock up live, except for today. So, yeah, as we said, we're very different today. Um, I am in the past. And I'm in the future. Um. Well, in my future, chats. So it's all a bit weird because this is actually going to then go out in the past of both of us. So as you will know, um, I wasn't here last week. So I'm sorry, but I'm back this week. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Normal idiosyncrasies. I can never say the word. Easy for you to say. I'm back. Um, but... We are going to do something slightly different, which is that I'm going to be recording this straight after race. And Tom's, who's on holiday? Tom
0: is currently in the Norfolk Broad somewhere. No, I wasn't. I was actually in Weymouth. But uh, thanks for paying attention, Carl.
1: Hopefully not drowning or falling into the rivers. Um, and I'm in Ireland, but I'm filming over the, week, uh, the next week and just timeframes don't work. But we're, we're going to try and make this work for you. Um, and I'm going to... Tom might cut in bits into here and there. I'm unsure as to how he's going to play this. Tom's going to edit
0: it all, which would be quite good fun to see what the final, final answer is. Fun for you, maybe. It's a fucking ball ache for me. And I can say that because it's not live on YouTube. And this is the first time I've sat here and talked to no one.
1: Like, had not even had anyone to banter with. It's, it's a bit of a strange one. And I'm not that
0: person. Tom's definitely more that person. No, I'm not that person either, to be honest. It's uh, it's really strange. It's really weird. And also, you always have to stop for drinks. And it's really awkward pregnant pauses. See, I can even take a gap now. See, just like that. And
1: having my drink. I found some soul in uh, Dunn's. The, the local supermarket. Other supermarkets are available in Ireland. But um, I found soul. Brings me with my honeymoon.
0: Don't drink and pod, people. It's dangerous.
1: Um. Anyway. um, We are going to talk about today's race and i actually had to take some notes because normally tom does all the notes and he's got an idea as to what the hell's gone on um and he's probably going to cut cut into his opinions
0: that's exactly what i'm going to do because i'm about to do the two minute challenge which i haven't timed it looks a little bit short so um it might be pretty easy
1: it's the two minute challenge
0: Max Verstappen kept the lead from the front, and Norris maintained third over Perez, eventually after an initial back-and-forth between the two drivers. Uh, Leclerc lost part of his front wing by hitting Gasly, causing him a puncture. He fell back through the order and hit four cars on the way to a lap two retirement. Ricardo had a great start to climb into the points, but a random power issue saw him drop back to out-to-out. To out. Into the pack and out of the points. Perez and Bottas took third and fourth from Norris after around ten laps. With uh, with fifth, the most realistic best place finish for Lando Norris. Russell running in the points in on uh, on a strong strategy and genuinely on pace, looked certain for points until a power unit issue saw him fall uh, to the back and eventually retire. A slow stop from Perez allowed Bottas through uh, for third, and Perez. ...was unable to fight back. He swapped to a two-stopper to try and attack Bottas at the end of the race. Leclerc, after causing Gasly's lap one retirement, was flying through the field on a... On a brilliant two-stop strategy and made his way all the way up to seventh behind his teammate Hamilton with absolutely no answer for Verstappen was frantically asking his team for things that he could do better and they had no answer for him so they pitted him on the penultimate lap for the fastest lap Perez who had screamed through to right up the back end of Bottas was right behind him on the final lap but he was unable to pass him and finish him fourth and we return to our old favorite finishing of the two-minute challenge Esteban Ocon was also in the race now, the eagle-eared amongst you there will know that that wasn't actually two minutes. Uh, it was substantially shorter than two minutes, so I just uh, cut the sound effect down just for dramatic effect. But anyway, we're going to head back to Carl now to see what his thoughts on the race were.
1: But let's start with the qualifying and the penalties. Um, we had quite a few penalties this uh, week. Bottas for his stupid spin in FP3, uh, I think it was. Oh, no, it's FP2, wasn't it? FP2. Uh and then started blaming McLaren, which I can't quite understand how that was McLaren's fault. Uh, but according to Bottas, it was McLaren's fault for his penalty. Um, I think a little harsh, but I understand why they gave it that. You don't make that. You don't make a hit of the of yourself in the uh, penalty uh, in the pits lane. Uh, if you want to do that pulling away tests uh, in second gear, you can do that on the uh, on the practice at the very end. Um, although I do feel that they don't get enough practice time to do practice starts and practice spin away from the pits without the whole place. So when are they meant to do that? I think that's more of a rhetorical question, Tom, than actually answering it. But when do they get chance to do their practice starts and the practice pull out of the pits? Because that's just as hard as the rest of the race and just as important.
0: Yeah, they have allocated times at the end of the practice sessions. They'll finish the practice session early and they'll say that you're allowed to come round to the grid to do a practice start. Also, at the start of practice sessions and on the way to the grid, they're allowed to sit at the end of the pit lane and do a practice start. So they have loads and loads of chances to do it. Uh, I understand, like, pulling away from the pit box testing, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it was dangerous driving. You can't go spinning in the pit lane. Um, There's Marshall standing there with no protection. There's no barriers. Uh, It was a well-deserved penalty. And to be honest, I think probably a, a little bit... It's um, not harsh enough, to be honest.
1: And then we go on to Sonoda's penalty. Sonoda's penalty, I don't agree with at all. I am not one for backing Sonoda. Um, I like Sonoda, but I'm not one for backing him. And if he's done wrong, grant, he's done wrong. But what is that penalty about? The fact that he was on the outside lane, he was in the breaking part, but then where should he have gone? How does that work? Should he have jumped over to the right-hand side um, and then been on the apex? Well, that's no use, is it? That's where he's going to end up. So hes he had two choices, breaking zone on apex, or are they expected to put their foot down and make sure they're not on corners when someone's on a flying lap? But that's a, quite a bit of timing issues, um, and I'm not quite sure how that really works, and if it works at all. What do you think, Tom?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked, Carl. Well, to be honest, given that I, I was um, I was floating around in the Norfolk Broads, apparently. Um, no, because I was on holiday, um, my time watching was very limited. There's only so many spousal credits you can use up. Um, but uh, I watched some bits and pieces from from qualifying. And from what I can tell, he, uh, he was massively in... Uh, was it Verstappen's way? I think um, he there was plenty of time to to back out of his lap. You kind of you're you expected to stay out of the way when you're on push laps, or when the person behind you was on push laps, um, and he really heavily affected. Um, I, I think it was Verstappen. I could be wrong, but he really heavily affected the guy who was behind him. Um, and uh, and he obviously basically had to ruin, it completely ruined his lap. So, yeah, I do think, again, that was justified as well. Um, and also it meant that Russell started on the points, not that it made any difference in the end. Insert Tom's
1: answer here.
0: Way ahead of you, dude. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm just going to guess that
1: I'm not agreed with it because that's just the way I think it's Tom work, um, is that I don't agree with everything he says. Um, so. On to the race. We were expecting rain. It went, it went from quite a high chance of rain to 40% chance of rain. Oh, and typically, we didn't have any rain. Nothing at all. Not a single drop to... Well, we did have a drop at the very end. I mean, I think they might have had a drop at the end, but definitely, while well, they were on the podium, there was there was talk of, of it starting to rain. Um, but there was no rain. And nothing happened.
0: Yep. It really annoys me. I've actually stopped looking at the uh, at the weather forecasts for the races. Because, or uh, well, certainly, I might look a week before just to see a general idea. But generally, I don't look because it frustrates me. The amount of times it says it's going to rain, 90% chance of rain. And then you end up, it rains while they're on the podium every freaking time. So, yeah, not interested in weather reports. Uh, I will look probably once at the start, uh, you know, a week before just to have a little glance. But after that, I don't look at it because it's frustrating as hell.
1: Um. But let's go from the very beginning. so great start from Ricardo um, I don't know he flew actually quite a lot of them flew. It was quite an interesting fun start, wasn't it? Um, the Ferraris getting in there that was a very tussle and Norris keeping his position and giving it back and then taking it I mean it was quite a bit of fun toing and throwing at the front there. He's. My boy.
0: Oh, Norris's pass on, on Perez after being passed, to be fair, was phenomenal. And he did such a good job to keep those guys behind him for 10 laps. Uh, and really, as I said in my review, fifth was really the best he could have hoped for. So uh, well done. Well done, Lando. Uh, but
1: then uh, Gasly decided to... I don't know what Gasly really decided to do. hes I, I, I couldn't quite work out who he hit. He hit three people and somehow his whole rear suspension on the left buckled. Um, but I'm not sure where that buckled from because he seems to be driving into people as opposed to driving out, you know, as to hitting, getting hit on the side.
0: Um... Yeah, in fairness to Carly, he hasn't heard my review, so he wouldn't have heard that I've... Uh, I, I clarified that it was the uh, the, the puncture from Leclerc uh, onto, his, onto uh, Gasly, which made him fall back through the field. And then he did, that car would have been impossible to uh, to to control. Uh, he was just doing the best he could to try and keep it in the straight line and get back to the pit safely. And just unfortunately, he ended up doing a bit of a a, a pinball match with the cars around him. Because uh, it was really confusing why, like... I. He was up front, and then all of a sudden he was at the back, and then plowing into people. I was like, "Well, that must be Sonoda," but no, it was Gasly because he was he had a puncher, uh, an instant puncher, and yeah, I I don't see why Charles Leclerc didn't get any form of penalty for that. I know he had to go down to penalty to go, go go down the pit lane, but um, he ended up on a on a better strategy as a result of it. So it's uh, slightly frustrating, really.
1: I mean, there was that. I mean, that incident with Leclerc and Gasly. Should it have been Leclerc, Leclerc, whatever, whatever you want to call him. Getting done for it? I'm not too sure. I don't know. I I think he, maybe he should have been done for that because that I think possibly made Gasly terminal, but I think Gasly was the issue anyway with that and, and, and then he hit into I think he was trying to keep it out of trouble. Um and I'm intrigued as to why he carried on driving round and didn't just pull up. Most of the time they pull up. With that, Did he just think he had a puncture or did he not realise how terminal that was um, at the back left there? And fair play on him getting it around the track. I know it's only a short track. Uh, what, one minute, four second track, one minute, eight second track? Depending on when you're whether you're in race or uh, qualifying. So it is quite a, a mission for him to get that round and well done on him
0: yeah absolutely I uh, did a great job getting it back uh wasn't his fault he had his race completely ruined um by some by a bad piece of judgment so anyone that thinks that he had a good race and nominates him for driver of the day would be a complete idiot um yeah spoiler alert i have listened to the end of this what happened to mclaren they came fifth and 13th
1: like sorry like yeah so ricardo had a great start and You know, got up to eighth eventually at one point. Admittedly, that might have been with a mixture of pit stops and other shenanigans. But, oh, my God, he was up and down, up and down. Like, he's the biggest yo-yo of the pack there. I mean, obviously, there's something going on with that car that Ricardo's not happy with. It didn't feel like Ricardo was his usual self on that day. But then there was also a load of CBA from McLaren. Like, uh, from McLaren from Lando. Like... Why, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Lando, we understand why you you let them go past you because they're so much faster and better. I don't get it. Like, seriously, like, why? why, What's the point of even bothering? That should not be allowed. They should not just be allowed to give places because they literally can't be asked and they're worried their car isn't strong enough. That that's what it was. That was it. They don't they didn't think they didn't rate their car or they didn't rate their driver. I couldn't work out which it was. Probably more the car. And they then made Lando go, oh, let them pass around. And so what? They they're they're more worried are they more worried about getting the champion the constructor's championship points and getting a third in the constructors championship than getting individual thirds. Bearing in mind at the moment, Mr. Lando Norris is 10 points, only 10 points, off Perez, who's in third himself. Lando has a chance of getting third above and and, and in in the, the championship of themselves. You know, Drivers' Championship. That's the word. Why bother? Why bother having letting them go through and ending up in fifth? Like, why did they not hold the... The, like the pack up even more what what did he gain from that like and um, then why did they not try and do a massive undercut that just didn't nothing seemed to work there and it didn't seem to make any sense as to what they were doing i get that their sense is that they wanted to let him race his own race and not be caught in the pack of ducking and diving in a in a race that they don't think they can really win when both the mercedes and the red bulls are Obviously, very, very good. They're exceptional, both of them. Now it's nice to have two teams that are exceptional as opposed to just the one. But now it just seems to be that Red uh, that McLaren have gone. it's oh yeah, we'd rather have a safer third, a, a second third in constructors and a safe fifth on the track, rather than a, than a go for that fifth or fourth, uh, third or fourth. Sorry, um, in the in the championship there. I don't quite get it. I think it was a very poor show from McLaren and almost unsporting in some way. Like, it just handing them the place. And then what? Then McLaren just, Norris just drives around in no man's land. I didn't quite get it. It's And obviously their car does have pace. It was probably set up for qualifying to do so well. And they were on the softs as well, which we're all aware of that something was going on there that I just couldn't quite match what was going on.
0: Oh my God. That was so difficult to listen to. Um, Apologies to any McLaren fans out there. The views of Carl are not those of myself and all sane people. So uh, Daniel Ricciardo uh, had a phenomenal start. Was running into points, as I said in my race view, which again Carl didn't uh, didn't hear. So that's fair enough on that. Um, and then there was a random power unit issue, which which meant that um, he just lost power down the straights and he just lost loads of positions, ended up back in thirteenth. Once he's back there. His race is pretty much done. He's uh, he's lost all the advantages that he had on the tyres. He's now in out of position on a bad strategy. Can't really go anywhere. His only real chance is to either overtake on track or to or to undertake um, with um, with with the undercut. Um, so the strategy was to try and go long to try and rescue something from the race. When there was no accidents or any safety cars or anything, it was just about undercutting the car ahead. Uh, on the on the right strategy to try and get to the end. Now, Kimi Räikkönen was just in front of him and they said to him, box to overtake Räikkönen. Now, with that, obviously Räikkönen came in on that lap. So if they'd have gone in one lap earlier, yes, they would have then undercut Räikkönen. Because Räikkönen pitted, there was no point because all he would do is come out behind Räikkönen on the same age tires and just be still stay stuck behind him. So they kept him out for another lap, and unfortunately, that meant that Ocon was also able to undercut him. Um, yes, he was in the race. Um, so that's that was Ricardo's race, which was frustrating, but not his fault. Not a lot he could really do about that. Um, with regards to Norris, Norris um absolutely, yep, got his got into third place, held the uh, Mercedes and the uh, and the Red Bull behind him for for a good ten laps. But in this situation. You've got to his races with the Ferraris. Those the Mercedes and the Red Bull are so much quicker than him. So much quicker. Now, if this was like the final stage of the race, then absolutely. It's ten it's ten laps into a seventy one lap race. If he's going to try and keep them behind him for sixty one laps, all he's going to do is going to chew his tires up. He's going to leave himself vulnerable to Sainz and Leclerc coming through at the end of the race. Sainz was what six seconds behind Norris at the end of the race and going quicker than him. So. There was absolutely no point that McLaren did 100% the right call there. It's basically, well, you don't let them through because that's not racing, and that would be unsporting. What he was doing was he was running his race, but he was not defending. He wasn't putting his car into a position to defend against a car that would only overtake them anyway. If he came into the pits and went for went for softer tyres, then they would just go longer and, under, and over. You know, um, overcut him. Um, if he uh, if he tried to go long, they would just undercut him. Whatever happened, they were going to be passed. And they McLaren identified that that was the case, and they maximised their result. Fifth place was the best they could have hoped for, barring safety car, rain, crashes. There's no way. I mean, yes, I understand that currently Norris is ahead of. Bottas in the championship by, I can't remember how much, 12 points or something like that, and behind Perez by 10 points. Unless those Red Bull, the Red Bulls and the Mercedes fail to finish three or four races between now and the end of the season, there's no way is Norris going to be ahead of them at the end of the season. Unless again Bottas gets told he's dropped and he just throws in the towel, um, then you know that, I suppose that is a possibility. But it's not going to happen. He's um, it's, it's incredibly likely to happen. The most sensible thing to do is play the percentages and you go for the best result for the team because. Potentially there. If he ends up fighting the Mercedes and the and the Red Bull loses loads of times, he could get passed by both Ferraris. Now both he's finished fifth. The Ferraris finished sixth and seventh. They've got a twelve point lead ahead of Ferrari in the constructors. That would then be such a big point swing that Ferrari would be pretty much level pegging with McLaren, and it would be a huge impact on their championship. And in a championship where there's ebbing and flowing and swinging from left to right, when they're ahead of Ferrari, they need to optimise that and make sure that happens. So one hundred percent right call from McLaren. Um, I think I'm kind of slightly less triggered now, and I can go back to you, uh, without uh, feeling the need to punch my laptop screen.
1: Talking about, t- I never normally say this, but what the hell was Alonso doing? He was actually all right, like back, he was like a memory of the past. There, he did really well in qualifying, uh, for he did out. I mean, what is going on with that, like in that team? What, you're only allowed one person to be anywhere near the front? Ocon, what the hell happened to him? He was at the back. He was driving around slowly. God knows what happened. Alonso, who's sort of been very mid-backfield for most of the season, suddenly was up there. Like, causing a massive DRS train, let's be honest. Um, All aboard the DRS train. But it was... And, had a uh, a Williams behind him for a long while, which we'll come back to that Williams. Um But like, what the hell was that all about? Like Alonso, great, great race, sensible, stayed the stayed the the length, did what he had to do. I, I mean, he obviously got outswitced by the Ferraris in the end, which again we'll come back to with those Ferraris because I think. They were exceptional this week on a track that they shouldn't have been. Um, Although they do prefer, it seems, the shorter track. Um, Bearing in mind they were nowhere in Paul Rickards, which is one of the longest tracks on the the circuit. Um, But this being one of the smaller tracks on the circuit uh, suddenly made it more interesting. So I do wonder as to whether Ferrari are... A short track specialists. But I will come back to that. I th- I want to go back to, to Alonso there. I think, credit where credit's due, it was nice to see Alonso back in where he should be, in the decent top midfield, causing trouble in the midst there. Could not keep up with Lando, Um which I wonder, is that McLaren amazingly rubbish or what? Because I can't quite work out what was going on. Is it amazing or is it rubbish? So that makes it amazingly rubbish. I don't know. Tom, any ideas?
0: Okay, so I legit just had to like rewind what you said and re-listen to it and try and understand what you were, what point you were trying to make. Um, At no point in the race was Alonso anywhere near. Norris so I'm just a bit confused as to where that is unless something happened that I was completely unaware of but I mean yeah McLaren is a quicker package than the Alpine we know that already um as regards to the racing you know Ocon had a really had a horrendous qualifying session qualified way down in 17th um so you know out in Q1 um that was the big shock so um Seeing or certainly started back in 17th, anyway. But you know, with, with that happening, all he can do is try and move forward. He was pretty anonymous in the race, um, as we've already established. But in a race where nothing happens, there's no safety cars, no ray, no no yellow flag periods to speak of, um, he was it was always going to be a struggle for him. Alonso pretty much started where he finished, um, got passed by well, I mean, it was only really Gasly that retired, so he just kind of he was able to finish where he started. Um, yeah, I agree, like you know, he. The car was at the peak of where it could be, and Ocon was further back than he should have been. Uh, Ocon couldn't get back to where he should be, whereas Alonso was able to stay there, despite there being some faster cars around him. So, yeah, he did have he did have a decent race. Um, and Ocon just doesn't seem to be there. Since he signed his contract, I know it's only two races, but um, people still say, like, oh, Ocon's comfortably putting Alonso away this year we'll cover it when we get to the standings. He isn't. Alonso is way ahead of Ocon in the championship now. Ocon seems to be qualifying better. A little bit of bad luck in the races. And Alonso's actually kind of caning him a little bit now, which is um, not expected. And I just get the feeling that Ocon has, you know, he's he made a good start to the season, and then he hasn't been able to make the good results pay. And Alonso's going to get stronger as the season goes on. Uh, I predicted Ocon would beat Alonso at the end of the season, I didn't. I expected him to be a lot further ahead than he is right now, or ahead for one, and then be holding on. But that just hasn't happened. So I, I'm concerned for Ocon now. Um, he's got this new contract. I'm not sure uh, how that's going to pan out. I mean, I think Alonso is certainly looking the stronger driver right now.
1: Is McLaren's car better than the Alpine's? And if so, explain what happened between the... Why was it a game of two halves on these teams this uh, this week with uh, Norris and Alonso up at the top and, um, and the old uh, team further back?
0: Yeah, I think I pretty much covered that off in what I just said, to be honest.
1: Oh, yeah. Here come the lies. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the usual bullshittery of bullshittery comes out of... Lewis's, and Mac's mouth. Uh, Ah, the d rates. I don't even know what they mean. I have no
0: idea. What's a D-rate, Tom? I'm glad you asked, Carl. A D-rate is when you're using the energy recovery system, and uh, you use too much energy, and you're currently at the top speed of the car, and then basically you run out of energy. And basically, it's what happened to Mazapan at the end of the... Azerbaijan Grand Prix, uh, he went on to the final straight, he'd used too much energy at the start of the lap, and then he ran out at the end of the lap, so basically his ERS system just went bleh, battery died and then he uh, just had no power uh, as a result, he'd lost like 15% of his, of his acceleration power so as a result, what they're saying is that, because um, all that is is planned in algorithms, so um, a lot of it is some of it is driver control, but a lot of it is is built into the car, so what, what, they're, what they're saying with the software was set up wrong and uh when they're driving out of the corners and breaking they're breaking into the corners and it harvests energy when they're accelerating out of the corners it deploys the energy so what they're basically saying is that the software is set up wrong and it's using too much power too quickly at the early part of the lap because when they're heading down the back straight heading towards the line they suddenly get a bit of a dip in performance just before the, the line because they're running out of power that's what derating means so i'm not sure how they could be lying about that because that would be shown up in the Data, but let's go back to see where you're going with this. There we go, that's what
1: a D rate is. I've no idea what that affects it, but it sounded like it was bitching and moaning. And then here comes Max. Oh, my B, my w or something. Is that BBW, that sounds like a sex thing,
0: is it? Okay, so this went down an avenue I wasn't expecting. Um... Kind of like BBW, really. Um, uh, Yeah. uh, No idea what you're talking about. Didn't hear that bit. Uh, I must have missed that bit.
1: Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. BBW. Break by wire. That's the one. Break by wire. Had to think about that for a second. The break by wire is all broken or something. Like lies. Because... And I'll tell you why it's lies. Is because Lewis... Lewis just is a sore loser. We'll come back to that in a minute. But also with Max, at the very end he turned back, a dream to drive. What? How is it a dream to drive? Are you insane, little Max? What is wrong with you? You're moaning about it. The, the BBW and then you're going oh, it was the best car and it was the best race and it was awesome. So you are lying through your teeth and what is the game of that? What is the game with these lies that constantly come out? There's obviously a trying to get in each other's heads and that's the only thing i can think of
0: what is the reasoning Okay, I kind of kept what you were saying now. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's it's just PR ball crap, isn't it? You're just, you're just saying, oh, yeah, great, the car was great, the, you know, and everything. At the end of the day, he's won the race by a country mile. Of course he's going to say the car's great. Um, and as for the sore loser thing, I, I think Lewis is one of the better losers out there. I think you look at the um, – you give me a driver who enjoys being in second place in a championship fight in a car that doesn't seem to be able to match the car that they're racing um, – I just, it annoys me when people say things uh, about Hamilton being a bad loser or anything like that. Because you look at Arthur Rice he was just like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, I'd rather be up front and winning, but who wouldn't, you know? And you see other people, I mean, how many times have we heard Max? I mean, I've got a running joke in my family that whenever Max comes on the radio when he's not winning, we go because he's just such a sore loser. Um, and the same with Charles Leclerc is the same. Sebastian Vettel was, uh, you know, when he was competitive, he was the same. Alonso's the same. And as as I said, out of those guys, I would say Hamilton's probably the better loser out of them. Yes, of course he's going to be miserable if he's not winning because he's he's used to winning and he's trying to win. He's in a car that could win the race, but yeah, they just they, the Red Bull just have the better car at the moment, and of course that's going to be frustrating for Hamilton. But he's not coming out there and just saying despite what i know what you're going to say about um oh they're cheating he was alluding in the post-race interview to he said he doesn't understand where Rebel have got their pace from and then he he made a bit of a political mention about the rear wing because saying like um he did at no point he said he thinks they're cheating he just thinks that they've they've brought some things to the car that you know have increased performance and mercedes need to understand why he didn't accuse them of cheating so, and the same thing when he mentioned about the rear wing in the past, you know, he's just saying, well, look, they've got this rear wing, which, you know, it's, it, it complies to the regulations, but it's not really, not really in the spirit of the of the regulations. Of course, he's going to say that. Again, that's all political positioning to try and get, try and destabilize Red Bull. So it's, yeah, I, I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent here now, but hopefully that, that answers your question there. But uh, let's find out. So I'm leaving Tom a little gap there
1: to, to explain what he thinks that reasoning is. My thought on that reasoning is that I don't know what, what is my thought is that, that probably he's doing it like Lewis is doing it. So that Hamilton just thinks that he's, he's slowing down and there's an issue. So he speeds up, wastes his tires and causes issues and then loses. Cause all that, like all they're doing in any of these races is worrying about the fucking tires. So maybe it's that maybe I don't really know. Um, and then I'm guessing it's the opposite idea with Hamilton is, oh, we're breaking down, so we've got to slow up, we, uh, so so that they slow up and they come just nearer. Um, I don't really get it. Yeah,
0: I see what you're saying, but 90% of all radio messages are just for show, because... They've actually got readouts on the on the steering wheel, uh, where they can give the driver's instructions. So anything that's said over the radio is said knowing that people are listening to it. So of course there's gonna be positioning on there. Saying tires are dead, Bono, that's gonna be that's that's gonna be um them just basically say, you know, trying to throw the other team off and say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be coming in soon, so you know, you know, if they're thinking they might go long, so they can say our ties are dead, so then they might say, oh, okay, quick, let's undercut Hamilton because he's about to come in, and then he can then reel out another twenty laps. So yes, you are right, there are lies there, um, but every team does it, and especially those ones that are positioning themselves in the championship. And you've got to remember as well, these these radios, they're going constantly. We only get the ones played that the FIA want us to hear and if it doesn't fit the narrative that they're trying to portray then they're not going to play it they're not going to play all the radio messages of Norris saying wow the car feels great you know or anything like that they're not going to play that because it doesn't it doesn't it's not great television so they're purely there for entertainment purposes unfortunately you can't get F1 TV legally in this country um so I've I really want to go onto like the pit lane channel where you can listen to all the radios for the entire race but I can't do that legally um and i'm not prepared to pay for a vpn but we won't go into that um but um yes get your media from legal sources um so i just i also don't have the time to go back and listen to them afterwards when they get released for free so that's that's kind of it it's it, it's yeah, everything over the radio, you can pretty much ignore. Um, just look at the timings. Look at what happens on track. People need to do their talking on the track and ignore the radio stuff. That's all for show. That's all for the Drive to Survive crew. That's all for, the, the, you know, to, to try and create this this storyline um, and uh, create some drama. So, yeah, ignore those. Um,
1: oh, Tom's just watched the race. So Tom Tom's just texting me, just saying he's just watched the race. Um, this is at 2022. Um I was so it he, he's managed to find some time on the Norfolk Broads to to do to the race. I'm gonna text him that I'm recording
0: now. Nope, I found time in my cottage in uh in Portland island in Weymouth to uh to watch the race because we we got home and we had a couple of hours to kill before bed, so yep, I had time to watch it and that is when I watched it whilst eating a Chinese in front of a log fire. It was lovely
1: uh, so there we go. Uh, So, Tom, you've just texted me that you've watched the race. Um, So, I'm sure you'll have your answers um, as to what's going on. Anyway, let's get back. Have fun. I am having fun. I'm having lots of fun, Tom. Thank you for that. Um, So, Williams, that ended up in 10th and still had tyre options, which is very strange because, obviously, you don't normally get tyre options in 10th. Because if you've ended up in 10th, you've ended up in quality three and you have to have the same tyres from quali 2 um which i never quite understand why didn't they just do it in quali 3 anyway it seems a bit strange um but oh my god williams 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 your boy was in 8th and looked great sat behind alonso amazing and then you screwed it all up like what is wrong with you guys? Like seriously? What is wrong with you? I don't get it. Sort yourselves out. Like, oh, you've got to slow down due to reliability issues. What? Like how do you ever like someone someone on the old groups, George it was George. George on on the the old chats that we have turned around and went, When is the when are they ever gonna when is this guy ever gonna get points and give a break? And my response is, when he leaves Williams. He needs to leave Williams. And if he doesn't get that McLaren, um, sorry, that Mercedes seat, he needs to start looking elsewhere pretty darn quick. Because he is never, ever, ever going to get a space in, 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 a, in a race in that Williams. He has been there far too long and is going nowhere. I mean, Latifi even outfinished him today, you know, because he had the DNF, you know. And once again, he was in eighth and he could have done so well. And you screwed it up for him. Like, just your, I don't know why, like, what is going on? Like, it was some compression thing, which obviously was a safety thing. Obviously, it's something that they're they're prepared for because the guy had a cylinder on his back and was, and there's obviously an access tab on the side. So it's something that's obviously an issue or that is, that it's something that, that maybe other races are aware of. Uh, drivers are aware of, but we don't ever see or other, but like, why, why was that so ready and prepared to happen like that? And like, it pull, keep pulling the car in as well. Like, just retire him as soon as that problem arrives. Because you pulling him in three times probably isn't the best idea you've ever had. Um, I mean, you've not had a lot of great ideas. But your boy got into eighth and was absolutely flying it. And you screwed it up. You absolutely screwed it up for him. There's no way he could have got out of that. Um... At all, at all. Like, properly screwed up his race for him. And it was all your fault. Just so you're aware of that. You know that for our, uh, Williams. All
0: your fault. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, in a lot of ways, it basically is is an air pressure thing um, that they they will follow every eventuality and think, okay, well, this might fix it. Um, so they would have been prepared for that at the pits to, to deal with that. So they obviously saw the drop in pressure, which is why they brought him in when they did. Try topping it up, see if that, fixes the issue and then just hoping it does um obviously there was it took longer than they would have hoped uh and then it didn't fix the problem so they just try one more time you got to keep keep the faith and hope there might be a safety car or something but as soon as he ends up like a lap down from his teammate that's like yeah you know just park it so yeah i think they probably could have parked it a bit earlier um his chances of points were gone all they're going to do is put more pressure on the power unit uh, to lead to more um unreliably later on um I mean, the difference is I think it's the car that's let him down, which is you know uh, a culmination of a design feature that's probably you know it, it's it's not something that it's it's not like they've forgotten to put a wheel nut on or something like that. It's so I think like the Williams race team themselves have done not a lot wrong, but just the Williams team as a whole. Um, as you know, winners a team, losers a team. They were in a great position there, and they've had a, they've had another technical problem from a points position uh, and it just keeps happening um so it's frustrating i agree um it's also quite funny in some ways but um also frustrating
1: like the boy had no chance and i don't get why you think it's okay like are you what's your issue am i asking too many rhetorical questions today this is the problem I'm asking rhetorical questions because like there's no one else to talk to so do i ask normal questions I don't know like tom is, is there things that i should be asking who should I be asking to?
0: It is a quandary. I will uh, I will agree. And I am just as experienced as you now at doing this. So um, who knows? I mean, you could, you could ask our lovely listeners. They can get in contact with us at monkeyseatpod on all the socials or monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com. You can, uh, you can send, if we ask you a question, you can send in your, your suggestions and, and answers and, and your opinions. And, you know, if, if we think they're worthy, we will happily read them out on the podcast. Uh, while you're there, you may as well leave us a five-star review and we'll give you a shout-out as well. You can also pop to monkeyseatpod.com and have a look at our support tiers as there's all kinds of ways that you can support us if you enjoy what we do. Probably not this week because this week is a a pretty special occasion as in like, you know, it's a pretty bad episode, let's be honest. But let us know what you think about this episode as well uh, because it's a new way of doing things and uh, not ideal. Uh, Was it terrible? Let us know. Was it just as bad as it usually is? Again, let us know. Any criticism is great because we can take it on board. Um, There's no such... Uh, No such thing as um, bad criticism, um, provided you're kind, and don't make us cry, because we do cry quite a lot. Um, I cry myself to sleep most nights. Anyway, this is going down a weird tangent. I'm going to head back to Carl. So, yeah, Carl, I would say you're doing a cracking job, to be honest, so just keep doing what you're doing.
1: Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm asking rhetorical questions, and that's just the end of that. Um, So... Yeah, in my opinion, Williams, you screwed it up for you screwed it up for Mr. Russell, and it's all your fault, and you should be ashamed of yourself, and you need to go and have a hardcore look at yourself, because it's not fair, and you're just ruining his career at the moment, and it's getting to that level, because who's going to take him on when
0: he's not getting any any chance to do well? Mercedes, that's who we're going to take him on, and I'm pretty sure it's basically a done deal.
1: Like, not a single chance to do well. Um, And that's my opinion on that one. Uh, But go and look at yourself. Go and check yourself out. Um, Oh yeah, so let's talk about the Ferraris, Raikkonen and the Claire and his nose. Whose fault? That's what I've got in here. Whose fault was? The little scrap between Leclerc and Räikkönen, and and Räikkönen's nose, um, I think it was. I think it was Räikkönen. To be honest, I don't feel. I think Thingybob was ahead. Um, Thingybob being Leclerc was ahead. So what chance
0: did he have? Like he was miles ahead. Like, proper mileage ahead. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, if you hit someone up the back in on the road, then it's your fault because you haven't left enough the time to stop. So, yeah, Raikkonen's fault. Slam dunk. Let's
1: just say that because that's just how it was. Um, And, oh, well, obviously it wasn't miles ahead because if it was miles ahead, it wouldn't bloody have got into his nose. But he's definitely ahead and Raikkonen should have jammed on the brakes slightly. Um, So I'm glad that nothing came of that. Um, and it wasn't a penalty. Um, why couldn't Bottas lap Ricardo? This is what got me. Why was it so, so long before Bottas could even lap Ricciardo? I just couldn't get that at all. Like, he was obviously faster. He was obviously in the right place. Why could he not unlap him? Like, I just couldn't get my head around that. But, sorry, why couldn't he lap him? I couldn't get my head around that like bottas was a, in a faster car behind him in theory and yet and and he was ricardo was having lots of issues we know that well we we presume we know that so what was going on and then why was it that the stewards just didn't think that he was in the 3 seconds that he had to be in for a blue flag or like why weren't they giving the blue flag earlier there's a lot of questions there and then, sign. I like, I like the old. I mean, the Ferraris did really well this week. Let's be honest. And and Leclerc was the official driver of the day. And I don't know who came second and third, to be honest. But Leclerc was driver of the day. Uh, I'm sure Signs should have been in there as well. Uh, the fact that Signs unlapped himself from Hamilton was quite funny, and and very commendable from uh Signs to say that the uh, Mercedes were gentlemanly. Um, and I suppose that is sort of something they do pride themselves on and being slightly gentlemanly. Um, Hamilton always has been sportman, sport gentlemanly. He might be an ass sometimes, but he's sport gentlemanly. Um, and it was funny just seeing someone being unlapped. But I can't... But the Ferraris, I think, were the team to watch. Although, I believe... I, I'm going to have to check this in the Constructors' Championship here. Ferrari are still behind McLaren. McLaren, 120 points. I mean, Ferrari have done a great race this week. I really enjoyed them. Um, I really enjoyed watching them race. I don't feel like I hate them as much as I did at the beginning of the season. I feel almost sorry for them now. I feel like they've got two lovely drivers and really nice guys. They seem, I mean, I don't really know them, so don't get me wrong. But they're two drivers that just seem to be the future. Um, in a car that's solid, I don't know whether they're out driving those cars anymore or whether they're just driving them. Um, but I'm really, really excited by the um, by the Ferraris. And they're coming up behind McLaren, but not super fast. So just going through the points here, I, I said I'd have a look at the construction standings. And uh, Red Bull and 252. Mercedes on two one two. Uh Miss McLaren in one in third in one two oh. So there's never there's no way that McLaren are now gonna get anywhere near the top two. That's the end of that. So why fight for that third position in constructors? I don't get that. When there's more of a fight for a they have guaranteed the third, I think. I think they are. Looking at this, they're on 120, Ferrari on 108.
0: Absolutely nothing is guaranteed yet. I'd like to point out that Nikita Mazepin could still win the world championship by a country mile. So nothing is guaranteed. I think... Mercedes um, and Red Bull are going to be fighting to the end of the season. McLaren and Ferrari appear to be the two teams that are that are fighting out for the uh, for the third place, and then the other three teams there: Alpine, Aston Martin, Alfa Torre, um, They're kind of fighting out for the midfield or the lower midfield pack. And then you've got the three knobheads at the back, um, Alfa Romeo, Haas and Williams fighting over the last few dregs. Um, But yeah, nothing's guaranteed at the moment. It does seem to be that we've got a couple of, uh, a little few groups spreading out. Um, So no, nothing guaranteed.
1: One race could flip that round. It's definitely a, a fight between McLaren and Ferrari. Now there's a, this is a two horse race again. Um, because then we go into AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, Alpine, uh, and then, and those are the next sort of tussle. Uh, AlphaTauri obviously doing quite well, but Aston Martin are two points below them, that's it. So it's a good tussle for fifth. Fifth to seventh, I think, are very close. Well, fifth and sixth are very close. Um, And I think Alpine are one decent result away, either way. Um, And then there are Romeo. Mercedes, uh, Williams, and then Haas. Um, I mean, it must feel bad having that those two teams right at the bottom for Ferrari. They're two uh, suppliers. They're right at the bottom. Um, Well, okay. Mercedes have the Mercedes team themselves, McLaren Mercedes. The Estimate mercedes and the Williams nicely split out between them all there so and then but the two ferraris at the bottom and then the hondas in the mid-pack there let's just see what happens in this i i think it's it's becoming more and more apparent i mean 40 points up ahead for red bull now the mclaren um first ferrari are 12 points ahead so let's see what happens there in the driver standings though I mean, Max is pulling away now, 156 to 138 of Hamilton. Um, then Sergio Perez is 98. Um, and then Lando Norris is 86. Like, there's 10 points. Lando Norris is nearer Sergio Perez than Valtteri Bottas is nearer Lando. That's shocking. 12 between Lando and ba- Bottas, and 10 between Sergio and Lando. Like, why are they not why are mclaren not giving every tool possible for lando to go and get fourth or third try and get a third
0: oh great we're here again okay um no uh, they, I can't see Lando holding on to that barring any other issues from the other drivers. What you've got to remember as well is that Bottas has had two retirements this year that aren't necessarily his fault. So you can add on a second place in Monaco. That's 18 points there. That puts him on to 92 points and he's on the, he's on the back of Sergio Perez. Uh, and then you've got his Imola prang. He probably have only got a couple of points there. So he's pretty much bang on Sergio Perez. So Norris being the only driver that's finishing the points in every race this season is why he's sitting there. He will have retirements this year. Um, I hope he doesn't, but he probably will. So that's why that is a little bit inflated. There's, you know, we've had eight races, there's still, you know, what, 15 races to go. That's almost the entirety of last season still to go. So nothing's decided yet.
1: Like, what is wrong with them? Like, there's obviously something in that boy's water that's making him go fucking fast like make that happen like don't wait for the two ferraris who are 15 uh, who are 6th and 7th at the moment to catch up concentrate on that boy and concentrate on making that car work sergio and and verstappen and Valtteri and hamilton are close but i mean i feel sorry for lando where your teammates in ninth. he's just it's is little car unlucky I don't know, but when you've got Pierre Gasly ahead of you and two Ferraris ahead of you, something's very wrong.
0: So this is the Pierre Gasly that just basically qualifies sixth in every race because he has potentially a car that's on a par with that McLaren pace-wise and the fact that Sonoda is not putting things together um, and Gasly has not been performing in the races as well as he should have done. Alvatori have thrown results away. Um, that Alvatore is a fast, fast car. It's there with the Aston Martins with the um, with the Alpines and with the what well, not quite with the Ferraris but it's there. it's it's as quick as anything around it probably not as quick as the McLaren and the Ferrari but it's quick it's with those other three cars in that battle or those other two cars in that battle. So the fact that Ricardo is just behind Gasly actually shows that Ricardo's done a cracking job this year Um, not as I mean no no as good a job as as Lando but considering that he's been trying to get used to that car and he's been nowhere pace wise um, which is his fault um, but he's dragged dragged out quite a few good results from that he's only had a couple of bad races realistically so I'm not as down on on Danny as as everyone else seems to be at the moment I think he'll he'll get there and he'll beat Lando in races and he'll be closer to him by the end of the season
1: Uh, and when the German of Sebastian Vettel is in 10th in, um, behind you as well with just four points. What is interesting is that mm, Sergio Perez has joined that car. You know, everyone goes, oh, it's going to take some time to get into the rhythm of things. Sorry, has anyone seen Sergio Perez? He's in the rhythm. I mean, he picked that car up pretty darn quick and is doing what he's meant to do, which is holding Foutry back. Because as long as you hold Vouchy back, you're flying with Hamilton. So it's shocking. Let's discuss and to where. I mean, when silly season starting? We're coming up to summer break, aren't we? After the next race, Uh next week, I think it's the summer break. The chats have started. Um, we know that um, that the chats have started with with Hamilton, who. If I was Hamilton, I'd be walking away by now. I would be embarrassed. I would have gone out last year. I would have gone seven. I've done it. That's the tick. I would have left. No, you're going to go. I just hope he doesn't become Raikkonen. I really hope Hamilton doesn't become Raikkonen and keeps flogging the old horse. Like, it's just going to happen. And you're just going to go back and back and back and it's going to be embarrassing like super embarrassing like I just don't get it at all as to why it'd still be there like you've obviously been unseated from your perch I don't think there is a way of you getting it back I'm sorry for the Lewis Hamilton fans I'm not Hamilton bashing I genuinely don't think that he can get this back I think Red Bull have this wrapped I think Red Bull definitely have a constructors wrap, let's be honest. Because the constructors are the constructors require two sensible drivers and Red Bull have two sensible drivers. Unfortunately, Valtteri just can't keep up. He's just not clever or strong enough. I mean, did someone tell me maybe my wife told me he was looking at going into the going into the Alpha Romeo seat, which Suggest this could be Kimmy's last year. So I'm not
0: going to go too deep into this, but basically, yeah, I I, th- I think um, I agree that I think Red Bull have got the best chance in the constructors' championship now. Um, I don't think they've um, they've got their drivers wrapped up by any stretch of the imagination. So I think it's a bit premature to say that Max has won that. Um, I do think that um, I don't think the Bottas is in any conversation at all with Alfa romeo at this stage it will be mercedes or bust for him i can't see him staying in formula 1 after his uh, mercedes contract ends which obviously it will do at some point um he's i won't i can't see him going to the back of the field there's is absolutely no point for him to do that so i think he'll just be he'll just be gone he'll go somewhere else he'll go to like rally or something like that or maybe extreme e who knows which i don't know I, i'm guessing
1: he's not going into the ferrari seat so I'm guessing he's going into the um, Sauber seat. That's because I, I believe that that team have a Ferrari seat and a Sauber seat. Um, so, and obviously Alfa America are going to leave. They're going to be under a different name, I believe, next year. Um, I, I mean, it's the new. Ca- I mean, did anyone else see the images of the the sort of size comparisons to the new cars? They're saying the same size as IndyCar, which I'm bloody well hoping so, because that would be really cool. I'm really excited by a smaller car. I think they're getting too big now. Um, they're getting too big for some uh, of the races. And I think it will open up Monaco. I mean, the Formula E proved that, as to how amazing that race was with the with the um, Monaco Grand Prix. Um, at The Formula E Monaco Grand Prix with a smaller car made it a lot more interesting you know ducking and diving and it just so oh, much better compared to the to uh compared to the um f1 uh grand prix where they literally followed each other around so i'm not harking back to that
0: yeah I just temper your expectation with that i hope they are smaller but uh the teams have already said that the the renders that other uh, that the FIA have put forward is what they think the cars will look like look nothing like what they've got in their wind tunnel so uh, we'll wait and see there is, a, there is a maximum distance between the wheels that they're allowed um, but that's not necessarily going to affect the overall width of the car So uh, or the length of the car sorry so um, I think they will be slightly smaller but not a lot smaller because they've got to incorporate a lot more stuff into the car as well so they'll probably be slightly fatter um, and not quite as long but still not exactly nimble so they won't be like comparing to the IndyCar and the Formula E cars with regards to how they move anyway so just temper your expectation there a little bit
1: but I mean I don't I can decide which one was more actually that race was a hell of a lot more boring than the poor Ricard which I didn't obviously comment on last week uh, bless all the team that came on last week and helped him out made it a double episode Jesus, I like I, I go away for one week and a double episode comes out. Um, so I don't know. Look, I'm I'm gonna wrap this up now. Um, I I think that it's gonna be a really interesting season. I think it's gonna be uh, everything's getting in the getting going now. I'm everyone's getting into the rhythm. I think it'd be really interesting to see who wins what. And who could win? What do you think? Do you, do, I mean, I'm asking you, and you're not even there this time. You're not even on the comments. So no one is live. No one no one can see what I'm on about. But I, I'd love to know what your thoughts are at the moment as to where you're thinking we're based. Do you think this is it now? Do you think we've got first, second, third, fourth in constructions and drivers? Um, and do you think this is really going to be where we're at? Um, I think it is. I think we've got it decided and the points the gaps in the in the points are just going to get bigger and bigger as we go through. Um I don't think there's going to be I think this is it. I don't think there's going to be too much swapping rounds. If Russell actually puts it in the in the in there then he might jump up a couple of points but that's it. I don't think anyone's really I think city season's going to start. I think the fact that there's not a big move although there's another race between this and next. Everyone, with, I'm guessing, going to stay in Austria. Um, there's no reason for anyone to leave. And they've got a bit of a week of sitting tight, not moving, and being around the paddock. So I would expect this week for silly season to really start. The discussions of silly season anyway. We might not know about it, but this is where they're going to start. Why would they not? They've got three days of sitting around Austria chatting and being around. No one's going to fly themselves home with quarantine laws and everything else. So... Let's see what happens.
0: Before we leave F1 altogether, we're just going to talk about the predictions from last week. Carl didn't put his predictions in, so he scored zero points. I put my predictions in and scored zero points. Fantastic. Thank you to Adam who came on last week as he predicted Verstappen for the winner, uh, Hamilton to get the fastest lap, uh, he predicted Hamilton, who was the random driver, to finish second. So he got three points out of four. Uh, and he had Sonoda for first retirement. So uh, he got the right team. So that was almost a clean sweep from Adam. So well done, Adam. Um, this week we've done our predictions. I got them off Carl in advance. Um, I'm going for Perez for the win. He's going for Verstappen. Our guest predictor is Ben, who is currently watching Neighbours to my right uh, with headphones on so he doesn't disturb me. Um, he, is, he has said Hamilton for the win. Uh, I've gone fastest lap Hamilton. Carl has gone fastest lap Hamilton and Ben has gone Bottas fastest lap. Uh, random position was Valtteri Bottas this time around. Uh, Carl has predicted fourth. I have predicted sixth and Ben has predicted third. First retirement, Carl has said Latifi, myself for Ricardo and Ben Mick Schumacher. So let's see what happens. Back to Carl. He was saying something about quarantine.
1: Talking about quarantine laws, I did see that the. Um that there's a bit of a race change now. Um, did I imagine it? And I might have imagined it. I'm going to have to Google this now. Oh yeah, right. So the, let's let's start with this one. The, just some news. So Tom, you might well, you can edit this and go back to the beginning about this one. So a bit of news. Bit of news. So the Russian, which isn't brand new news, but the Russian Grand Prix moving from Sochi. Hurrah! I don't know whether it's going to go to a better track, but it is going. Also, um. There is a new layout to the, um, which one is it?
0: The Yas Marina circuit in Abu Dhabi. And they've also got a couple of changes to Melbourne. So both should be on the calendar at the end of this year. Should be interesting. Tom, which one is it? Yeah, that one. There's a new layout to that track. Make
1: it so much better compared to what it was last year. But where is it? I just read somewhere that the Turkey turkey grand prix to rejoin the 2021 grand prix that's it so tom's happy about that yes yes yeah good i thought you might be anyway let's wrap this up tom are you ready to wrap it up oh no you're going to talk about um w series so tom go on let's talk about w series for a bit
0: yes let's so, uh, yeah, the opening race of W Series was this uh, this weekend. And as I said on the podcast last week, I didn't know anything about the structure. Turns out it is just a single race, um timed race, and uh, was was really, really good, actually, to be honest. Uh, Alice Powell led from, uh, for, led from pole at the start with defending champion Jamie Chadwick in eighth as W Series started their second season in nearly 700 days since the flag dropped on their debut season in 2019. Chadwick had a great opening lap, climbing to fifth, but then Aston Martin-associated driver Jess Hawkins outbraked herself and rear-ended Chadwick, causing her to spin off. No damage to either car, seemingly. Jess continued on in position, but Jamie had to fight back from nearly last. Marta Garcia retired with a technical issue, uh, bunching up the field for the final 10 minutes, wiping out Powell's three-second advantage she had earned, and at the right restarts, Visser got spun around and Tomaselli spun in sympathy, pushing them both to the back of the field with time running out. Emma Kibby Linen, with clearly the best name in W Series, uh, had a broken front wing and caused havoc as she began to fall through the order on the penultimate lap with Powell and Moore streaking clear at front. Eaton then hit. Peria to pr- promote Chadwick a further two places to just inside the points and there was more to come from Chadwick as she bested her rivals by taking advantage of the bottleneck caused by Kimi Leinen to climb to 7th at the line. Fabian Volland uh, took the final spot on the podium after a dominant win and second from Powell and Moore. Interesting race. I uh, don't want to go too much into it, but uh, it it was it was very unlucky from uh, from Jamie Chadwick to be spun around at the start of lap two. Uh, great recovery from her. She was stuck at the back for quite a while. It did take a while to start making positions up, and it was only really after the safety car that she started making time up. Um, and uh, yeah, there was some great racing. Uh, very few errors. Uh, a few people spinning towards the end with the uh, the, the the sprint at the end there, and uh, and Chadwick was one of the only ones who was actually showing any kind of composure, which is why she made so many places right at the end there. Um, I am very surprised that Jess Hawkins, as things stand, hasn't been given a penalty, as she literally just drove into the back of Chadwick. Um, I was kind of expecting her to get a five-second penalty, which would then promoted a couple of people an extra few places up. But it's nice to see Alice Powell um, picking up a win. and she won at Brands Hatch at the end of last season and or the last in 2019. And to see that she's uh, she's got a win now because she basically she was looking like she was the business when she was younger. But she just ran out of funding and just completely dropped off the uh, dropped off the radar. So it's great to see you with another shot Um, looking to go better than last time in 2019. Looking to push for the championship this time and reignite her single seater career. Um She really, really impressed me, actually, to be honest. Um all weekend looked fully on it. So that was the the, the first weekend of W Series. So uh, we will see what, how that pans out. We're going to see if we can get a guest on for W Series. There is one potentially in the pipeline, which may happen and may not happen. We don't know yet. Uh, we will keep you updated on that. Um, let us know what you think. If you want us to talk more about W Series, then we will. Um, or we are going to report on it in a similar way to this, and that's a cat just bumping into the microphone. Apologies for that. Um, but if you say if you want to hear more, then uh, then then let us know. Uh, if we get lots of demand for it, we will do more of it. Um, if uh, if you don't want to hear it, then tough. We are going to talk about it, uh, so you can just skip those bits cool anyway let's head back to carl eventually trying to wrap up this podcast and there's the w series i didn't watch the race i've no idea what happened so i'm sorry
1: about that i feel really sorry because i really should watch it especially as our fair our friends at veloce are now sponsoring a team in there uh there's now veloce w series team um so we should really really watch out for that um and i should really get on to that because that would be amazing lotch seems to be getting bigger and bigger and getting more exciting. I'm really excited by what they're doing. I wish I could just start a team. Can you just do that? Start a team. Can you imagine Tom if we started our own? The Monkey Seats racing team. Um we'd need to get a decent driver though and some money. We, I mean, we can't even get money on um for this podcast. So please sponsor us. I need a better microphone. We've got one sugar daddy. And I know Tom wants us to talk about cats, isn't it? Do we have to talk about some cats, furballs? Is that the ones I saw somewhere that we're now talking about cats.
0: Indeed we do. So uh, once again, I'd like to remind listeners that uh, we are associated with furballs, um, who are a cat charity who rehome Pets who have uh, who basically need rehomes. Uh, so you, we, you'll all be aware of the uh, the regular visits we get from cats on this podcast, as we did just a few moments ago with uh, my lovely cat Leo bouncing off the microphone. Um, well, they they generally get adopted through pet rehoming charities. Certainly in this house, they do. We only ever buy uh, we only ever get cats that are that have been rehomed, and then we you just pay a donation uh, to the charities to uh, to help support the the well-being of other cats. Uh, they're a local charity to us in the UK and they're going for a particularly tough right, time right now and they are desperate for assistance and funding. So there's a real danger that they could close their doors permanently and we can't have that. There's just simply not enough of these charities around. So trying to fundraise enough money for food and vet bills is becoming increasingly difficult and we ask you to support this charity in whatever way you can. You can email uh, samantha at furballsrescue.org. So you can do a PayPal payment direct to them or contact them if you can offer any assistance or indeed you want to adopt a pet in the uh, UK Berkshire Surrey area. Um, You can go to their website furballsrescue.org. And you can also link to it directly from our website, monkeyseapod.com. There is a link to their website on there as well. Just the price of uh, a Costa could potentially change another cat's life. So please, if you can and you're able, please do something to help those lovely animals that we all love so.
1: Which, I mean, it's win-win for us. We love cats. Talking about cats, my dog died this week, uh, which was very sad. So rest in peace, Jack. Anyway, um... I know I shouldn't be, I don't know if Tom knows that Jack died. I think that might be the first time
0: Jack's heard, it, uh, Tom's heard that Jack's died. Yes, that's the first I've heard of it. So thanks for that. That kind of knocked me a little bit off uh, off guard. Um, Ben's here as well, and, and he is equally upset. So uh, thanks for letting us know. Um, obviously, um, hearts are with you. Really sorry to hear that Jack's gone. But um, yeah, real shame, real shame. Anyway, back, back to motorsport
1: um i'm actually wanting to watch this series i just need to get some time and a life i don't know when i'm going to get either of those um as i've just found out i'm working all the way through to september so this podcast is going to be a bit fractured till then i am sorry um we will try our best between me and tom to make this work um that's we've got um, and we've gotta make sure the stag do happens, which at the moment I might not be able to go to,
0: which is rubbish
1: because of covid um which is really sucky.
0: you better bloody make it to my stag do um, so
1: I've said this three times already, and we still haven't wrapped it up, so let's wrap this up um it was great chatting to you, all um I've been your guy Sunday, and Tom, I guess has been your guy Tuesday mondays it turns out thank you for listening in and we shall try and see each other next week who knows what this podcast is going to mow into um, anyway see you all next week um i don't know when i'll see you i don't know who we'll see who i'll see you with How is it all going to work but we will be back next week we will have a race so we'll definitely be back okay see you later guys Bye. bye, bye.
0: One more thing, we forgot Driver and Dicker today for the Formula 1 and the W Series. So uh, I'm nominating Max Verstappen for Driver of the Day. I know Carl wanted to nominate Charles Leclerc there's no way am I going to allow Charles Leclerc to be driver of the day because uh, he ruined Pierre Gasly's race. Um, So I'm going to go with Max Verstappen and car can suck it. Williams for Dick of the Day, obviously. Uh, Driver of the Day for W Series, I've got Alice Powell and then Jess Hawkins for Dick of the Day. Uh, We'll go with Williams overall for Dick of the Day and Max Verstappen for Driver of the Day, potentially. Or Alice Powell. I'm not sure, actually. Alice Powell was very, very strong. Um... I think we'll go with Max Verstappen for this just because it was such a dominant performance and Hamilton did not have an answer. So we'll go with that. So it's Verstappen and Williams for driver and dick of the day. Thank you. Bye-bye.